Judges Judges ready? ready. Melissa, with so much going on this week, we've decided to do a relatively light episode. That's right, Kurt. In the week between running our tournaments, it just makes sense to keep things short and sweet. Brevity shall be our middle name. Exactly. In this short episode, we'll talk about tournaments and how they have shaped the identity of the WFCA. And then we'll give our predictions on this weekend's Oscars. This This is Forensics Faith. So, hey girl, Hi. look at you standing upright like a real human. Actually, the I'm defo sitting, but thank you. Well, <laughs> I guess I meant metaphorically. Yes, I'm not laying underneath your table, although it'd be really fun to record laying under the table. Hey, we could do that someday. Let's do it after your tournament. Okay, sure. <laughs> this is the podcast we recorded from the ground. Yay! Um, so, Started from and, the bottom, now we're here. Anyways, uh, we're going to do a quick, fun Pretty lighthearted episode this week yes. because there's just so much going on yes. that we, you know. We have to. T- tackling something heavy this week just didn't make sense for us. No. So instead, let's just talk about uh, talk about tournaments yes. and stuff. Uh, but before we get to that, what's going on in life? Did you have anything happen this week that didn't relate to having a tournament? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could have tried to do something like social or good for me. I mean, I binge watched all of my favorite podcasts, new streaming television show, but... Is that my brother, my brother, and me? It, it is indeed. Yeah. Yes. I heard they were getting a TV show they on, got, they got on a, CISO, right? On CISO. They got six, a little six episode, half hour each dealio, and I laughed and cried my way through all six of them right in a row, and it was beautiful. And I've already watched them again. Nice. <laughs> so that's literally all I did that wasn't based on filling out judges' folders and counting the right number of pizzas to buy, which I did not. I over We overordered. But you know what? Better to overorder than underorder, especially when we're talking $5 pizzas from yeah. Theo's, which are delicious, by the way. I They're so good. I haven't had a Theo's pizza in a long time, and I had a couple pieces at the tournament, and I was like, yeah. I love this pizza. Why? It's like as a cheap pizza. It's, it's good. real good. Shout out Theo's. Hey. Not, not a podcast sponsor, but, but could you could be. be. We would love to be sponsored by Theo's Pizza. Yes. FR Diets. <laughs> but yeah, did you do anything interesting other than being it was there for me emotionally? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's it was another week of uh, learning the new job, finishing up the audiobook. Well, actually, this week I finished the audiobook last week. So this week was starting the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, also like battling illness. So yeah. I, had a, I had a cold that's still kind of sort of hanging around, but um, I think at this point is mostly gone. Uh, the fun thing that we did this week, though, is Wednesday night, John and I drove down to Chicago to see the Game of Thrones live concert experience, which is one of the nerdiest things ever. Thank you. And I'm no lo- you are no longer allowed to give me any crap for any of the things that I participated in the nerd fandom because when you sent me that Snapchat that you were there cuz you did not tell me ahead of time you were going. So I just got the Snapchat of the giant screen and I was like, "What are you doing?" False. I do get to make fun of you because this was a Christmas present from John's parents and sister. Oh. So, Booyah. Okay, fine. It was a gift. I didn't pick <laughs> it. My, I didn't pick it out myself. So, but was it? it I still get to nerd. Very intense. It was. It was intense. It was a lot of stuff. So, so is it just like musical? But is this it's like a live okay, experience? So, so are there? I want my main question: Were there horses? No. Okay, then I stop caring. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but I mean, the horses in Game of Thrones are not usually long for this world. So it's true. Better that they not. I show thought up that maybe they. <laughs> 
time interaction is for slow. <laughs> 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 no. no, it's just music, right? It's just it's, music. So what it is is it is the composer of the of the music of Game of Thrones, this very handsome gentleman whose mm-hmm. name I can't remember or pronounce even the if the important I could. part is he was handsome. He's very handsome, um, and he is there as the conductor, and he also plays piano, a couple other instruments, and then he has what he calls his band, which is a few of the like more key instrumental people, mm-hmm. um, and so they have like costumes and they kind of walk around this giant arena sized stage, and there's lots of light and lots of video. And then there's local Chicago music musicians who are there to play the sc- the music. Oh, okay. And also a choir to sing the music. But I'm going to say this on the podcast. I don't think any of the musicians who are local are actually mic'd. Wow. I think they're just playing along to a track. I did not see. They have these the, the video screens, so like they zoom in on the people who are on stage, yeah. and I could see all of the musicians had ear monitors. Like I could see the chords going to their ears, but I didn't see any chords going to their instruments or around them. So I was like, if I can see their in-ear monitor, why can't I see their microphones? And then like they had the choir like walking around the whole stadium a few times and they didn't look like they were wearing an, a body mic either. And it was all just kind of too smooth and perfect. Like the only time you ever really heard any change in tempo or shift in, in dynamics was when like the band people were playing. So it was all so a lie. I think it's all a lie. I I think it's all a really intensely beautiful lie, but I think it's a lie. Wow. I do. I do. And it would mean, besides that, it was a really interesting experience. I'd never been to anything like that. And the scale of it was just massive, massive. So, but yeah, I think, I think there's some, some showmanship. We'll call it showmanship. There we go. That sounds like a very polite Um, way to say it. I've only been to one arena show. It was at Backstreet Boys. I was in the fourth grade and I lost my GD mind from the second row in the nosebleeds. I went to an, I went to an NSYNC concert when I was in middle school. So we, I did as well, but my, I went to, it was the very first concert held in the new Miller stadium. Oh yeah. But I don't count. It's not a reason show because it was a Miller Stadium right. show. So yeah. yeah. So anyway, this was it, it was a cool experience. I mean, that yeah. was like the one fun thing we did this week. And then way to go. And then we drove back from Chicago at ten thirty at night. So got home around one in the morning. Fun. So much fun. And then went to work the next day. Yay, adulting. Yay, adulting. Um. So yeah, my tournament will come up this week. So I will have I will have no life this week other than work and who and that. needs it? Not Nobody. us. So let's talk about Sheboygan South. Sure. It's I not so been... much a review. Yeah. I think I even wrote this on the thing. It's not so much a review as it is just like, what do we know about it now? What did we learn? Um, we learned that people talk crap about my tournament in rounds with my children, and then it gets back to me. That's what oh. I learned. And not just like one person, but multiple students came back because we had, because after we don't give our critique sheets out to our kids until after we clean up our entire tournament. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to clean up because it's a big old tournament. Yeah. And so we were sitting in the library eating leftover pizza and leftover judge lounge food and waiting for everyone to come back. And multiple kids were talking about their judges, talking crap about my tournament. And I was not having it. Okay. Do you mind sharing with me and our listeners what what the complaints were? One, that my middle school was not attached to my high school. Um, can't can't help that. So that was inconvenient for them. That was very inconvenient for them, even though this person was judging at the high school and they did not themselves stated have any students competing at the middle school. 
They just thought it was inconvenient. They were also under the impression that all the middle school results weren't getting tabbed until after the tournament. And that is not true, y'all, because Kurt and I run the middle school and we tab everything as it comes in. Yeah. Just in case you were curious, um, one person complained about how large and confusing my building was. Okay, they have a point. And so do, and North is equally guilty. But at least there's maps. There are maps. And the only part that's confusing is getting out of the addition. Once you get out of the commons, it's just a square on top of a square. That's all it is. Yeah, that's true. Your, your school is actually even easier than North. Yeah. Plus, there are no letters in any of our classroom names, which is cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, someone, the one judge complained because they had to judge uh, four rounds that day. They had to judge all three prelims and they had a power round assignment and they were very upset. Hmm. So must that's, suck that's, to be a judge and have to judge. You know what is confounding to me about this is that there are judges complaining to students about judging. Yeah. Like that's the part that bugs me the most. And to be fair, one, in one of the particular cases where the student was talking about it, uh, they were, their judge was an idiot, first of all, and wouldn't let anyone perform even if they were double entered. So that was cool and dumb on that judge's part, but they were sitting for a solid 20 minutes. And so it was, it was two duos. And so they were, they were trying to talk and the judge obviously was also bored. And so was just interjecting and all of her interjections were talking crap about the South tournament with no realization that two of the people sitting in that room were South students who are loyal and lovely and have the same name. <laughs> Be careful about what you complain this, about. But this is a lesson. This is why for my kids are always told to save it for the bus rule. Like, I understand that people are frustrated and that our tournament is not easy. We are a triple entry, double building tournament. We do that for good reason because we we have the access to do it. Yeah. And we have found our system. But when you, you never know who can hear you. But one of the main reasons that we also have the save for the bus rule is that by the time you get to the bus, you're probably a little less angry about it because you've taken yourself out of the situation. Other things have happened. Yeah. So just note to like not talk crap about people. Also, people are already stressed about their tournament and worrying about all the little things and how people react and think about it. So just like maybe not just be nice to kids, but also be nice to coaches and tournament <laughs> hosts. Those uh, to me, it is not a legitimate complaint if it is shared in a round with students. Yeah, because if there was something legitimate to complain about, they would bring it to your attention. And 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 some people so brought that's just somebody who wanted people to brought legitimate complain. complaints and feedback to me, which I very much appreciated because as always, I like questions, I like feedback. So I took that and they brought it to my face as well as grownups, which mm -hmm. I love. But saying in front of kids is just rude and like mean. It doesn't set a good example. So. Stepping back off of my soapbox. We had a great day. We had 39 schools attend. Yeah. Uh, it was a and, huge tournament. And, and people came despite the horrible weather. They came safely. And I'm glad everyone made it safely. And yeah, it was a large tournament. It was a fun tournament. And I'm so glad it's over. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like this is the least prepared we ever were going into Friday Night's Congress. Because Friday, I try to have everything done as much as I can leading up to Friday. So that all little things can get taken care of. But we had tons of big stuff that hadn't been taken care of yet by the time we got to Friday. So I was just... Stressed out and exhausted. And then Saturday also just felt a little crazy. It was, I felt like the middle school was a nice bubble. And then we got to the high school and it was just like, bleh. Yeah, so, I would say we had a lovely bubble mm -hmm. over in the middle school. Things went great. Which was probably due to the fact that this year we decided to have our good, good friend, Antonio Trinidad, help us out at the middle school, which was lovely. It was, I mean, 
mostly for you because you guys got to sit together at the table. Yeah. Um, but it actually, I think it worked better that I took the tabbing into the judges lounge mm -hmm. and kind of just spread out in there. Yeah. And it was, it was a little bit more private, which I, th I appreciated and I could concentrate more. Um, and it also allowed us some time to actually like sort all the critiques. critique sheets while we were there. Mm -hmm. Which so made we didn't have filing to away nice and easy. Yep. We didn't have to worry about it when we got to the high school. So that was nice. Um, yeah. Antonio joined the Farnsworth squad. Yep. Squad. Squad goals. Um, and also I learned that when JMM attends your tournament, your tournament is huge. Yep. That is that is fact. That is scientific fact. Watching them come in on they Saturday. They are so ginormous. They just, they just like watching them walk from the commons to go find their warm-up room. They, they just, they just are so intimidating looking and just knowing the pedigree of the people, like the, of the kids that are on that team, you're just like hot diggity. Mm-hmm. It's craziness. It's, it's a lot to try to live up to. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom Harden, for setting the example that all of us uh, try so hard to follow but just fail. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of following and failing, let's talk about my award ceremony. Okay. Because I nearly had 75 heart attacks watching kids just not look where they're going with their yeah. Feet? Guys, this is important. Um, when you're on a stage, really any stage, often there are these things called footlights. At and the that's edge not of the a stage. light for you to put your foot through. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, yeah, that's not why they call them footlights. Um, yeah, you don't want to step on those or in the gap that is created by having those there. Oh my gosh. Um, it's a fairly standard thing to have in a stage. So just, you know, keep your eyes peeled for it. It was, it was interesting to watch, to watch all of that. Yeah. Well, and one of the happening. reasons is because we had to have the, the, that curtain behind our awards closed because the winter play or the spring play is happening and the set is being built. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes if that's happening, we'll just have awards like down on the floor and where the orchestra pit was, but there's a thrust for this show. So we just sort of had to squeeze them in and it did not go great. And then we also only had one exit and entrance and people didn't understand that. And so people were just falling and like running into each other and it was craziness, but then it was over. So also anyone who uh, takes umbrage with the fact that we do our awards out of order Sorry about it, Kurt. Deal with it. <laughs> I have fun doing it. I think it makes it interesting, especially since we're a little bit later in the season. And yeah, we just got to be the weirdo beardos from Sheboygan South. So here's what I'm going to say about that, because it's actually a good segue into the next thing that I was going to bring up that I wasn't sure we I was going to bring up, but I'm going to. Just do it. Which is that the where I was sitting for the award ceremony, the... The etiquette from students was not good. Oh, overall, people were loud and obnoxious and talking, and it was real rude. Yeah, it but was, I think part of that was because our sound was horrible. We true, paid kids to be there, and our sound was horrible. Right, but also we've been to tournaments where like the mic turns off, yeah, and we still can get through it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there. I mean, there was one group of kids that was in front of me that I talked to that coach and I know that coach is going to talk to them about it. And like, I don't want to make a big thing about it. There was a coach. There was a team behind me, though, that like the the team in front of me, it was good natured. I could yeah. tell they were just excited and they were over exuberant. And but it but it did make it hard for me to know what was going on on stage. Yeah. So and especially because the sound wasn't great. There were several times where I was like, I don't know what category this is. I didn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't hear it when he said it. And I, you know, because the clapping always starts so early for 
And the champion in is, I just, there was something that I was like, I don't know which category this is. Yeah. I don't, I, good job. I don't know which category. Um, but the team behind me was the people who would benefit from the wait till you're on the bus rule. Because theirs was not good natured over exuberance. It was loudly talking about how much better they were than the people who were receiving awards on stage and how much they deserve to be up there instead of the people who were up there and using language that is not appropriate for a school event. And I don't know what to do about it because like, should I say something to the coach? Probably. I would. I think that's one of those things where, okay, we've talked about this before. I have no issue cursing in front of my students to a certain level. I want them to understand, like, especially during tournament week, we talk about, like, we joke about Ben releasing his first F word of the day at our tournament. I am, I am open with my students and they know it's a lesson about where to curse appropriately. But also there's been studies shown that cursing in front of people helps them bond. But my students are also taught time and place for things. And so if my kids were in an award ceremony, and sometimes you can't hear everything that's happening because of how wide a row can be. And if I found out that my kids were just straight up talking crap about other kids and not respecting not only the award ceremony, but the peer group that they're participating in, I would want someone to tell me. And ju- and people have so, told me that. And before. this is why I didn't do it immediately on Saturday, though. The coach was there and the coach was participating in the behavior. For real? So, I, yeah, I don't know how to how to approach that. I'm at a loss because I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. Okay. Well then for those of you who are listening, if you let us know what you would do, if you were in our situation, if you were dealing with this and you would want to take initiative to deal with it, what would you do? Tell us. Yeah. Please. I mean, I will probably at some point bring it up. I just don't know. Again, like if I thought it would do good to reach out and and say, hey, like, you know, I was this close to your team and they were making these comments, which I clearly heard Mm -hmm. and they were really disparaging about uh, their fellow competitors. And I think that that's wrong and you should be aware of it. That would be one thing entirely. But like the coach was standing right there and was like responding to their comments with questions about why they thought those kids were less worthy and then was like agreeing with them. Mm-mm. And I was like, again, bus talk. <laughs> like, Save it for the bus, like, and I, I can't claim to be innocent about that. Like I've, I've, I've listened to my kids vent and I've yeah, validated I'm, that venting and mm-hmm. said, you know what, we're going to go out and we're going to do better next time. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes that's, that's the best thing to do, but you don't, I would never, never let my kids say those things in, an in, in the award ceremony. I would never let them disrespect people like that. Um, it was it was highly disrespectful. That makes me sad. It was, a, it was a sad moment. It was a sad, sad moment. And again, two totally different situations between the coach who I know will deal with just over exuberance and the coach who stood there and let their kids just be blatantly disrespectful to the rest, to, to the activity, to the tournament, to the kids who were up on stage and to themselves, frankly, like they did, they did not represent themselves. Well, guys, Um, be nice to kids. Speaking of not representing yourself. Well, hi, John Balseric. We know you're not listening. We know you're not listening. Take that. So 
go away forever. Yeah. With your stupid bad jokes about our podcast. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Let's talk about some some award ceremonies. Yeah. So we had yours. We just talked about that. Yep. Mine is coming up. Yes. Great excuses to hand out trophies. Yes. Awesome. Trophies with men on them. And Ours in suits standing at podiums, which, by the way, it's very hard to find trophies where it's the girl standing at the lectern and not just the boy. So if you are someone who has a ter- uh, trophy ho- like supplier where it's got the girl standing at the lectern, let me know because I want some ladies represented on my trophies. I like my like angel women with their yeah, yeah. with the with the little uh, just, knowledge brand. Yeah, I just love that. I like the lectern because um, they always look so intense. Because I can see one behind your head now, and he's like leaning one arm on the lectern, but then his arm is spread out, spread out so wide. So you're like, what is he gesturing about? It's so appropriate for speech. I will agree, but I just I don't know. I like my angel lady. That's fine. <laughs> it's probably just appealing to the child in me who like enjoyed playing with X Men action figures. I'm like, oh, it's Archangel. Um, so for those of you who attend the Shawinigan tournament, there yeah. it's Archangel. It's Archangel on the top of those trophies. Beautiful, with obviously blue and gold because those are them school colors. Yeah, yeah. Um, so great, exper- great reasons to give out trophies, but that's mm-hmm. not the reason we do tournaments. No. Nope. So let's talk about why we hold a tournament. Fundraisers. Big. That's one. literally the only reason I participate in the madness that is the size of my tournament well maybe the size of it for me the main reason that we host a tournament that is so large is because thanks to the facilities that are at our disposal we can invite that many people and we know how much of a fundraiser it is for my team we have a good amount of kids who come from low-income families who Participating in the activity and having to pay for it like some kids and other teams do is not an option we luck out in that our district to participate in extracurricular, you pay one $35 fee, and that's the only technical fee that my kids have to pay to compete in a regular season. If we go to a hotel, they have to pay a small hotel fee, that sort of thing, but that $35 is all that we are expecting out of a family for their student to participate. And there are some families who can't even do that. So for us, for me, the fundraiser, as I'm getting like deeply insane about being covered in paper cuts for a week straight, I just remind myself that that it's for the kids. It's money for the kids. It is true. But more importantly, it's an excuse to see all of my friends. No. Ugh. Tournaments are why we have the WFCA. Oh, is it? It, it? I mean, you have to re- remember <laughs> that like when before the WFCA existed, it was much more of a festival slash tournament system. Yeah. And so there were some festivals and some tournaments. And the reason the WFCA came to being is because there were coaches who thought that the tournament structure was more valuable. I'll say it. Yeah. I'll say it. The tournament structure is more valuable because competition breeds uh, a stronger uh, process and it is more educational and it motivates kids to do well. Uh, and and that is why competition, that is why tournaments are so important. And so that is the reason we should host tournaments. Yes, it is a great fundraiser, but I think that is a pleasant side effect. The real motivation for hosting tournaments is that we, we should have a full tournament calendar. Yeah. And I'll also say that one of the reasons your tournament is so large, um, location, 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 but also timing. Yeah. Like there are currently no other tournaments other than white, the whitewater invitational, mm-hmm. um, to draw schools away from, yeah. from, from Sheboygan South. So it's, if there were other tournaments happening that same weekend, your tournament would probably be a little bit smaller. Yeah. And and there, if there were other options and other locations, people would definitely go to them. And as 
people because we as the Sheboygan area forensics educators decide our tournament calendar together. If there were better, like more smaller tournament options where we were hitting different kinds of competition, we would go to them. But there are tons of coaches who are absolutely terrified about hosting tournaments because they think all tournaments have to be as large as some of the ones that they attend, Mm -hmm. but they don't. They don't have to be. And in fact, it can be a really good thing to have some smaller tournaments. Yes. So yeah, this is, I guess, our official way of saying like, if you're thinking about it, go ahead and do it. Now we do have some rules in the WFCA about how to do that calendar because Mm -hmm. it can be pretty devastating to a program to, and also make for a bad tournament when tournaments are tiny, tiny, tiny. You know, two years ago, or maybe it was three years ago now, when Whitefish Bay ended up having their tournament the same weekend as us, which was an anomaly because of mm-hmm. the way the calendar was scheduled. Um, then there was a tournament in Madison and Milwaukee while we were trying to hold a tournament in Sheboygan. And our tournament was so tiny that like there, those poor extempers had like, there were literally two of them. Yeah, There were two extempers from App East who had to compete against each other all day. That doesn't make any sense. That's not good competition. You want to not be so geographically close that, you know, the tournaments don't make sense. Um, so we do have some rules to make sure that that doesn't happen. But other than that, if you're thinking about it, try to find a date that makes sense yeah. geographically. Do it. Do it. It'll be good for you. It is. And it's- also you can rely on people in WCA who are season tournament hosts to help you with all the stuff that you have to get done during it. Like some of us have itemized scheduled calendars and lists that we could pass on to you. Yeah. And there's plenty of us who are willing to help out in tab. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing too. Like if you're hosting a tournament for the first time, I know in, in this podcast I have talked about how I like to stock my tab room with just people who will make me feel calm. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me. But the one of the reasons those people make me feel calm, other than I just enjoy their company, is also most of them are tournament directors. Yep. So they know what to do. They got and the gig band. In fact, yeah, Ben and I were having this conversation just yesterday that, you know, I feel like I work more at Sheboygan South than I do at Sheboygan North. Mm-hmm. Because at Sheboygan North, I am the one delegating Whereas at Sheboygan South, I'm one of the people being delegated to. Yeah. So I I physically on the day of the tournament do more at South than I will do at my own tournament. Because next week, my job is to kind of stay above it all and keep my eye out for things that need to be addressed and then make sure somebody's taking care of it. But that's where I turn to Mike Tross and I say, hey, can you go balance this round? Or I turn to Ben and I say can you print off the schedules for round one while I go talk to the judges or I turn to you and I say, Hey, this complaint just came in and they need somebody to walk through it. Go, you know, that's, that's so important when you're running a tournament is stock that tab room with people who one, you trust two, you like, and three, they know what they are doing. Beautiful. Because, and, and we're, even if you don't know us that well, invite us. It's how you get to know us. Just tell like, yeah, just call me or Ben or Melissa or, the trosses who were, were so helpful those first few years I ran a tournament. Yep. Like just call them up and be like, hey, I don't know you that well. I'm running a tournament for the first time. Your experience in the tab room would be invaluable. Do you mind helping me? No. Most there people- is not one single person I can think of in the WFCA who would say no to that. Yep. We're all going to try to help. Um, 
So yeah, reach out to people who you have seen run successful tournaments and ask them to help you and then go for it, guys. We, I, I've loved these last couple of years at the WFCA meeting of seeing some names pop up that yeah, like, there are haven't new people been running. trying tournaments yeah, and it's, it's so great. exciting and people are trying different formats. I'm really excited because mm-hmm. Fort Atkinson is hosting a Friday night small tournament and I'm really excited to see how that goes because I especially doing the interviews that we're doing and hearing about the different ways people operate their tournaments and their calendars. I think it'd be really cool to try different things like this so that more schools can have a fundraiser while kids get to experience different, like different versions of the competition that we do. I think it's really refreshing for us as coaches, us as an association and for the kids at large. So yeah, you have our support. We believe believe in you. Okay. That's my motivational song. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> then, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so that was, that's, that's enough talk about forensics. Let's, let's talk let's about the Oscars. Let's move on to something more important. Let's talk about Hollywood. So tonight when we are recording this, it yes. is the Oscar broadcast. We're watching it together. Yes. That's going to be fun. Cause we're those people. By the time this airs tomorrow, people will know whether or not we were correct. Yes. But I thought it would be fun for us to fill out an Oscar ballot. But, and we're like literally, we're physically filling we, them out. Like I have yep. paper sounds. I have the Vanity Fair official 2017 Oscar Which ballot. I love the Vanity Fair font so much. Vanity I don't Fair know why. Vanity Fair jam. Also shout out to another podcast. I love the Vanity Fair Little Gold Men podcast oh. all about awards season. Seasons, nice. which is just like a breath of fresh air in between political podcasts some days. Um, love that. Love those guys. So let's talk. Let's go through a few of the categories. Let's do yes. the big five and yes. we'll, we'll talk about what our predictions are and then we can fill out the rest of our thing yeah, later. But while we're waiting. And then we can tweet who won. Okay. So um, best picture we have nominated Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. All right. How many of these have you seen? I have seen one, two. I have seen two of them. I've seen one. Okay. And that's the one I'm going to vote for, even though I'm very positive it will not win. And that is Hidden Figures. It's the most motivational like I came out of that theater so pumped to be a woman and so excited to participate in something that gave people voices like, like in forensics. Mm-hmm. And so like, I remember like going to my first practice after seeing that movie cause I saw it on a Tuesday night and then Wednesday I was like, I'm here to help bring you to your better self. I believe in you. I really want to see that movie. I haven't seen oh, it yet. Oh, it's so good. I, Kurt. I, I and saw, it's got, it's got like some of the best women. Like it's got Taraji. It, it's got Octavia. It it's got my girl Janelle Monet. Like it's so good. It, it so does. Good. I'm looking forward to it. I just haven't had time. I saw Arrival in La La Land. All right. And I totally get why La La Land is the front runner. Um, I, t- I also understand the criticism of it, but I do think it's going to win. Fair so enough. Mine is for La La Land. Although that podcast I was talking about did talk about Hidden Figures having a good chance to be like the surprise. I, w- I, I would love it if it like was. the populist choice. It's getting so much so. traction. Be- and it makes me excited that a movie being fronted by women of color uh, in STEM is getting people excited about mm-hmm. movies again. So. Yeah. So. Love it. I think we both have a shot there. Good. Uh, okay. Best actor in a leading role casey affleck in manchester by the sea yes andrew garfield in hacksaw ridge ryan gosling in la la land vigo mortensen captain fantastic and denzel washington in fences all right i 
have not seen any of these, but I am voting for Denzel Washington and Fences. I have seen, I remember when uh, they showed clips at the Tonys mm-hmm. from, with him and- uh, Oh, you know I've watched that clip like six yeah. times. <laughs> like, like I I love him and I, I love that play. Yeah. And I look forward to when that movie comes out in a streamable service where I can make the time to see it because making time to see it in a theater is not an option. So I'm voting for my, for my boy Denzel. I think he's got a really good shot just to be different. I'm going to go with longtime front runner Casey Affleck, but he has stumbled at the, yeah, I also the finish line. I'm one of those people where I'm like, mm, Hollywood problematic, please. Yeah. So yeah. like, and, and there have been some issues with him and sexual harassment yep. accusations. And those have, I think, uh, have been a part of the campaign. The campaign. Did I say that? The campaign. The campaign. Um, but I, again, just so that we're not filling out all the same things, I'll go with Casey Affleck, who for a very long time was the front runner. But yeah. there are a lot of people who are saying Denzel might edge him out now. All right. Actress in a leading role. We have Isabel Hubbard from. Who pair? Oh my goodness. Huppert. All right. In the movie L. And then Ruth Nega in Loving, Natalie Portman in Jackie, Emma Stone in La La Land, and Meryl Streep in Florence Foster Jenkins. Haven't seen any of these. I did get very weepy, watch, not weepy, but like blurry eyed when I first saw the trailer for Loving. I'm very excited to eventually see that movie. Uh, And all the clothes look beautiful in Jackie, but I... Emma Stone has been picking it up everywhere else already. Everywhere this award else. season, so and I can't disagree with you because Emma Stone and I share a birthday. Oh my gosh, she's, she's one of my spirit animals. That's so, so exciting. I have to vote for her, and she is the Cur- the phrase "spirit winner. animal" is problematic. Just so you know, so no, I, so my students don't tell me about it later. <laughs> she is your I soul know. sister. No, I still like the notion of a spirit animal. <laughs> that if your Patronus is Emma Stone. <laughs> Patronus, sure. Or I was going to say, like, if you want to take it as like, what was the the way they named that in like the Golden Objects trilogy? I, like, what are you even oh, talking you, about? You didn't read those books, the Philip Pullman series? I know what Philip Pull. I know who that is as an okay. author, but I did not read those I books. I forget. They, they had a name in that book, okay. but it was basically like a physical animal who was also a part of your soul. Okay. So. It was literally a spirit animal. So I, I'm not trying to be insensitive to no. Native American culture, but. She's your spirit animal. Yeah. If you were. Colloquially, she is my spirit <laughs> animal. All right. Actor in a supporting role. We have Mahershala Ali. Mahershala. Mahershala. I think That's it's Mahershala. to say that. Mahershala yeah. Ali. Moonlight. Jeff Bridges, Heller High Water, Lucas Hedges from Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel in Lion, and Michael Shannon in Nocturnal Animals. I have a huge, deep, intense crush on Dev Patel. I have never seen a single movie he has been in. I have just seen him just in places and find him incredibly attractive. I've watched interviews with him. He is very charismatic and engaging. And so I'm just voting for him because I'm also excited to see how hot he looks in his suit. Yeah, I'm objectifying him. It works both ways, y'all. That's problematic. I just want you to know. I don't that, want my students to yell at me later. That's fine. <laughs> I'm objectifying a man. I'll take it. I'm um, a ogle. I'm, I'm going to pick Mahersh- Mahershala Ali. I'm having such a hard time saying his name. I know his name. I've loved him since... Uh, uh, that show with Kevin Spacey. Whoa, this is a bad. The show uh, with Kevin Spacey. You are House of to, Cards. Yeah, House you of got Cards. There. I've loved him since House of Cards. 
He is great in House of Cards. I and I also do think he eventually. will really win, but I, yeah, I've got to hope he, for my boy. I think that's going to be the Moonlight win of the night. All right. Actress in a supporting role. We have Viola Davis in Fences, Naomi Harris in Moonlight, Nicole Kidman in Lion, Octavia Spencer in Hidden Figures, and Michelle Williams in Manchester by the Sea. It's Viola Davis all day and all night. It's her turn. It's her time. It's her time. Dang this is it. her moment. I love her. She is great. But because you're picking her, I'm going to go then for Octavia Spencer because she was great in yeah. that movie. I will so. also say that if Viola Davis was in leading actress, which she th- could have been as well, yeah. she would also be winning there. I do. Like I this do is thir- this is both thir- for a great performance from all that I've heard tell I haven't seen in the movie, but she is her typical stunning and amazing self and anywhere she would have been. It's just time. Like her third nomination, everybody was kind of surprised when she didn't win for the help. Yeah. Like it's time we give this woman an Oscar. It's her time, yeah. y'all. Also, yeah. I'm sure that whatever she's wearing is going to be great. Uh, agreed. So that's the big five. Do we also want to talk director? Sure. Okay. Uh, so director, we have Denis Villeneuve for Arrival, Damien Chazelle for La La Land, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, and Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea. I'm going for the boy Damien. Everyone thinks that he is the reason that... Because that movie looks beautiful. I've never... Mm-hmm. I didn't see it yet, but I've seen the trailer and it looks real pretty, so... It is. It's gorgeous. It's really, really gorgeous. Um, I agree with you, but for the sake of the survey, I'm going to say Barry Jenkins pulls this one out. Mm. I think there's a lot of respect for him and what he did in Moonlight. And there might be the desire to split the ticket on two big ones and give the best picture to La La Land and the best director to Barry Jenkins of Moonlight. Fair enough. So those are our predictions, guys. By the time this airs tomorrow morning, you will know whether or not we were correct. And if you don't care and don't watch the Oscars, then you can just check our Twitter feed and we'll say who won there. Yep. So thanks so much for listening. Once again, guys, you are the best. But now it's time for us to go have just some fun yeah. and relax after your long weekend and before yeah, my long weekend. Yeah, I'm so weekend. excited. I'm mostly I'm excited because we're going to order Chinese food and I'm just really excited to eat some Chinese food. Me so. too. Um, and don't forget to check your podcast feed on Wednesday. We have our Retro Forensics Faces series. Uh, this week we are talking to Don Crabtree. Like the Don Crabtree. The Don Crabtree, who is the president of the NSDA. Do we need to explain further why we're talking to Don Crabtree? No. Because he's the president of the NSDA. And a delightful interviewee. Yeah, he really was. Everybody we've talked to has been great. And I'm, I continue to be delighted to share these interviews with people. And I hope you are listening. John Positively Pestle. delighted. Positively delighted. Yeah, John Pestle and John Balsarek. Johns, why are you letting us down? <laughs> Get your to game back together. Dang uh, it, Johns. Yeah, speaking of Johns who listen to this podcast, I told John about the cheesecake. <gasps> I told him about it because I thought, you know what? He's going to end up listening to the podcast and then I'm going to get in trouble. And it turns out he wasn't even going to listen because he could hear us being silly. And he was in, he doesn't like it when we get silly on the podcast. So he wasn't even going to listen. But then I was like, oh, good. And then he was like, why? Why aren't you going to, why don't you want me to listen? And I was like, there's cheesecake. (laughs) I kind of said on the podcast that I wasn't engaged to you if I was eating cheesecake. (laughs) I I ate half of my slice and then my roommate got to enjoy the rest of it because I was behaving. And also I'm learning that my body doesn't enjoy lactose now that I've stopped eating it. So whenever I do eat it, it is 
Forensic Spaces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by JJ Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensic Spaces, pretty, pretty please give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those ratings help other people find us. More information is available at ForensicSpaces.com. Also, you should probably like us on Facebook and start following us on Twitter. Just search for Forensic Spaces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. Did I ever tell you about a kid who who said uh, brevity and it made me laugh really inappropriately? (laughs) No, you haven't. Yeah. It was in four minutes. Because he was talking about. His, so he also, he wrote to the speech. And he wrote a four brevity. minute about brevity <laughs> and the importance of brevity. Well, it's important to be brief. 